How can we better equip ourselves to take on the new day, our goals, and the world? How do we stoke our inspiration? By dropping in, we'll hear from credible experts on ways to thrive in this environment. As persons trying to cope, as workers learning to pivot in our careers, and as those curious about life, wellness, family, healing, and humor, we'll learn by sharing stories. Like the watering hole, dropping in is a communal place. People who've had the courage to tell their stories offer the nuggets they've gathered along the way. They bring us the spark to confront what matters. Everybody everywhere is on a hero's journey of trying to survive and do well. Stories from these diverse sources pave the way, even if the paths are new or unknown. Drop in with us to discover the roots and where we go from here. And now, here's our host, Diane Dewey. Thank you for dropping in, everyone. Welcome to the season of hopefulness and stress, when even setbacks seem more manageable with the big stars Jupiter and Saturn in the sky. They look like stars. They're really planets. Today, we're talking to Elizabeth Keller Whitehurst, who has published her debut novel, A Messenger. It's called just Messenger, a novel in 16 episodes, and it's a podcast which anyone can access at www.messengerthenovel on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a manuscript that I read about four years ago, Liz, and I've been excited about it ever since, so welcome to Dropping In. Diane, thank you. I just have a heart full of gratitude for you that we are having this conversation together today. Me too. Well, Messenger is the story of a mysterious old woman who delivers life-changing messages to seemingly random people all over New York City. And Alana, a young journalist who's determined to uncover Messenger's story. Buried in there is a little budding love story. Um, And Alana is, uh, of course, wanting to dig deeper. Who is Messenger anyway? And why does she do it? Uh, She drops little pieces of paper into people's hands just at the critical moment when they need it most. And it's life-changing. And in sometimes it saves a person's life. In the surprise ending of Messenger, Alana discovers what their journey together is really all about. This is a really interesting subject, Liz, and I know that um, it's a subject that's near and dear to your heart. It all begins with crystallizing moments that you describe also in Messenger. The doctor calls. It's not cancer. There's a post-it note on your backpack. Your wife still loves you. You lie awake at night. You hear the car door of your daughter or son when it's really late. He or she is all right, and they're home. They're moments of reassurance. And I wondered if the role of affirmations and validations for us in times like these of uncertainty are more and more increasing, and are they increasing in importance? I really believe they are, Diane. That's a wonderful question and springboard from from messenger um, I believe that people are looking they're looking for the messages high low um, you know from from every corner and I 
I have found in my life and other people who have shared their real-life messages that they have received with us. We have two bonus episodes of real-life messages that people have received. Tell us that um, just reading or listening to Messenger has made them pay attention, wake up, look for the messengers in their own lives. You know, um, also, just so our listeners know, what you're also talking about, there's a you know forum you can leave a comment on Facebook um, with your own message. In other words, has there ever been a time in your life where you received a message, either the teacher said, yeah, there's a writer inside of you, or the science teacher said, you know what, you really could you can really do this stuff. You can really go into, you know, chemistry or technology or someone that patted you on the back at a certain time and gave you a sense of um, being able to do something that you doubted. I think that um, it, it does become more and more important as time goes on. And I'm really glad that Messenger has been broadcast as a podcast, has been delivered as a podcast. It's not a book in the physical sense, and I wondered if you'd like to tell us about the power of voice in your mind. Well, Messenger is because you can read the um, actual text of each episode. So it, it, it is in written form, but when early this year I felt a great urgency to get Messenger out any way I could, um, I had the suggestion from actually my my narrator, who is also a friend, Rachel Pater, that perhaps the best medium for getting Messenger to people was through a podcast with everyone, you know, online all the time, on a computer. I had at first considered doing it as a blog um, with, you know, episodically, but in written form. And she just suggested from her own experience and those of others that people were really enjoying podcasts because, first of all, you can listen while you're doing something else, walking, um, making dinner, um, falling asleep, whatever. Um, And also just the the comfort that hearing a story read to you gives Mm -hmm. one. And it takes us back to those times from our childhood. When if we were very lucky, you know, we were read to. So I thought all of that made sense, and um, she was willing to be the narrator. So that's sort of how it all happened. It was not a, a sort of strategy. It just really evolved organically because of um, the times we find ourselves in right now. Well, I think it's I think it's tremendously exciting and very democratic. Um, there is nothing more soothing than being read to, right? It's a real luxury, and you know, as you know, when you're dealing with parents, um, you know, the elderly also, you know, reach a point where they can't really read anymore. And you've, if you can read to a parent, or you know, it's the most soothing possible thing. It's a kind of a an oral connection. Of course, we believe that. 
Um, absolutely, working in radio because you know voice also yeah. touches different parts of our minds. And um, as you so well mentioned, um, people are looking for messages as far back as fortune cookies or notes written on tree bark or graffiti on city walls. I mean, people. How about the painted rock craze? You know, people pick up rocks and they've got yeah. messages on them. I mean, it's really something mm-hmm. that I think has taken hold. Um, and I think discovering wisdom in um, far-fung places, unexpected places. I remember the artist Jenny Holzer used to make stickers for parking meters with her um, messages. You know, one of them was abusive power comes as no surprise. Money creates taste. I mean, they were just such interesting <laughs> sayings. But, you know, I think, I think you've just hit a chord at a perfectly right time with social media, with self-isolation. We're all listening a lot more to podcasts. And it's really, you've picked up a momentum. And I also love the immediacy, the immediacy of it, the even eco-friendliness of it. Um, but in the meantime, um, in the book, Messenger, notebooks are a device. We read about um, Messenger's diary as she spreads her words on scraps of paper. Um, and Alana, as she copies points and questions to cover with Messenger as a journalist. Um, I wonder if you'd even like to describe one of the incidents. Um, there was one that sticks in my mind of the the guy who's driving on the on the highway. I think it's probably the, you know, the 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 East Side Highway, and this this thing comes hurtling over, and it's going to it's going to crash into his car, right? And then what happens then? Tell us about that one. Well, he swerved at the last minute and hit. A, a girl or a woman, a young woman in a car, and they pull over and um, have a conversation um, to talk about running into someone, literally, mm-hmm. is what happens. And luckily, no one is killed, but they realize um, how close they've come. And, of course, that's an immediate bond <laughs> because they've both had sort of a near-death experience, collective near-death experience. And so, um, you know, sparks fly a little bit, and but she tells him that she is engaged. But as he's leaving, Messenger turns up and gives him the message that he has, in fact, just run into his destiny. And um, we find out later that he follows up with... Um, the, the woman and that they do get together and they end. So that is sort of a quite a dramatic experience um, or episode of Messenger um, turning up with, with just the right message at the right time. Exactly. And at a very unexpected time, because you've just crashed into somebody and the woman, the yeah. young woman, she, she, she gets, you know, you're already like, oh my God. And also you're just, you're, you can't stop shaking inside because you've just narrowly missed having like whatever it was, a refrigerator or something that flew off the back of a pickup truck. But the girl, the young woman is, is only concerned for him. She just looks at him and says, do you know what almost just happened to you? I mean, she doesn't care about the back. Yeah rear ending of her car. 
Um, and I think yes. that then, you know, you, you start to think, oh, wow, what a, what a soul. I mean, we really hope these characters exist in New York City, right? Um, I want to yeah. actually talk about New York City and the role of, it's basically, it seems, Liz, like it's the Lower East Side, right? It's, it's kind of a gritty. Yeah, okay. It's, there's, there's a lot of grit, a lot of um, street savvy characters, a lot of almost unattractiveness um, and kind of, you know, ugly gray days the way it is in New York. Sometimes we think, oh, you know, the setting of a book and it's going to be something sort of a little bit spiritual. There's going to be blue skies. There's going to be doves all around. No, it's what is the role of um, an unattractive or even sort of an unexpectedly ugly um, kind of venue where people look kind of crazy and, you know, they're doing kind of drugs. And, you know, tell us about your idea for this setting. Well, the setting um, sort of has two strands to it. I do feel that you are quite correct. New York is the character in in this book. and I think all of its charms and all of its, uh, you know, ugliness, underbelly is all, all, all belongs. It all belongs. And I think that's the metaphor for um, Messenger's purpose is just to, to draw all these strands together in, in a whole. But the other um, strand of having New York as the setting is that I was actually in New York, um, living there for a time when the idea for Messenger came to me. So all of the descriptions of um, people, um, scenes, um, locations, streets, are all things that I observed um, Mm -hmm. during, you know, walking the streets of New York and in that particular part of New York. So um, there's sort of a double meaning to having New York as such a strong um, place. But I think also it's, um, you know, messengers' messages appear to be given to random people. And how more random can you get than New York? Um, But actually there is... Um, there is no such thing as random, as Alana is taught by Messenger. Um, right. What appears to be random is is a very connected um, reality that many of us do not see, but in fact is there. Right, this kind of interconnective web. But I think it's also interesting that you were at a point in your life when you might have been looking for a message yourself. Um, we have a couple minutes to the break. Do you want to delve into what made you think of the concept of the messenger? You are absolutely correct. I was at a point, and this was back in 2013, a good while ago, um, I was searching for a message. Um, My daughter was very ill, and we could not find, no doctor seemed to be able to find the answer to why. And so um, she was living in New York, so I went up there to to help her and be with her for a time. And so while she was going to classes, I would just walk the streets, you know, and get to know the city and just, you know, dealing with my own anxiety and really, really wish that someone could give me a message that would be the answer Mm -hmm. to this 
this terrible problem. And happy ending, we were able to discover what I never received a message in the form of actually messenger coming or someone giving it to me, but we were able to um, figure out the answer for my daughter, and she's very well and healthy right now. But um, I just looked into all the faces of people I would see as I would pass them on the street or see them in the park and just wonder what, you know, what message are you seeking? Um, You know, what what problem are you dealing with in your life right, right now that you need a message for? Um, I wish I had the answer for you. I wish you had the answer for me. Um, right. So that's really the beginning. It's lovely. A messenger. I, I think, yeah, just the understanding that everybody's got a story at any given moment, right? And dilemmas. You know, you're also fierce in your honesty in describing the street life. And I think it adds a lot of veracity to this novel, uh, Messenger. It's told in 16 episodes as a podcast. You also can read it online, as Liz has just told us. But when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to delve into the mind of Messenger. She's quite a character herself, and she comes from an unusual point of view of really understanding the inner relationship of life and um, where she gets her wisdom, where she gets her antics, where she gets her attitude, and um, how we could all benefit from a few uh, searches ourselves where we just look up in the night sky and seek answers. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In with Liz Whitehurst. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Books Forward exemplifies excellence in book marketing and promotion, representing New York Times bestsellers, national award-winning books, and books that catch fire on social media and in the digital realm. Books Forward creates ambitious campaigns with unlimited possibilities for sparking buzz while creatively cutting through the noise. Your book deserves to launch with experts who have set the bar in the industry. To learn more, visit booksforward.com or send us an email at info at booksforward.com. A JKS Communications Company. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to Diane at DianeDewey.com That's Diane at DianeDewey.com now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Liz Whitehurst, author of Messenger, a novel in 16 episodes on podcasts wherever you listen. Apple, Stitcher, 
Um, and we are very happy to be talking to Liz about the idea of seeking messages and the synchronicity of messages, how they come to pass when you just all of a sudden see a billboard. Um, you know, there was a billboard on Houston Street for a long time from um, Gabrielle Chanel, better known as Coco Chanel. I decided who I am. I, I decided who I wanted to become, and that is who I am. And I think, I think those kinds of things, actually, they really do kind of help you, be, propel you forward. Um, but there is such a thing as synchronicity, right, Liz? I mean, this is something, it's like your energy somehow finds its way to a solution or at least a comfort, a source of comfort in the eyes of a stranger or in the smile of a stranger or in the actions of a stranger if you happen to be walking on the street when your daughter is um, really, you know, what is about to, you know, have a, some, a fatal illness for which there isn't really a known cure. Um, and that was your impetus for developing Messenger. I wondered how you actually channeled her wisdom, what your sources of inspiration were for Messenger. Well, I I have to say, um, and I know Messenger uses this word a whole lot, the word is mystery. I have to say there's a little bit of mystery for me in this whole experience because I'm just a normal person living a normal life. But once I started with this character, she really did kind of speak on her own. Now, I have been a lifelong speaker, um, quite a reader um, along um, the inquiries of spiritual wisdom um, all my life. Um, but I think, and maybe that's what happens, is we speak, we read, we talk to people, we listen to speakers or wise ones, and then it all is in there, and then, you know, a character like Messenger can draw it out. Um, but it really was, um, once I had the idea of, all right, this is someone who's going to give messages to strangers to her, seemingly random people, but through the synchronicity, as you said, this is going to be just the exact thing that they need at the particular time. So it's the message, but it's also always the timing. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel that Messenger um, just, um, it just went from there. And yeah. I would, um, Messenger was written very non-linearly. I kept the notebook and I would just, as thoughts occurred, um, jot them down and um, collect them that way. And then at a certain point, I, I went back to see what I had collected and it all seemed to um fit into a pattern. Um, so I know that sounds a little woo-woo, but it was a, li- a bit of a mysterious process for Messenger to get her um, composition book and to get her just right. Well, you know, I've decided we can be as woo-woo as we want here because <laughs> it's the season of spirituality that one of the, you know, one of the great backstories of, of Western history is that of Christianity and the story of what's to be happening this week. So I've decided that um, in that spirit, in the spirit of Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, that we really can 
just delve into this at any from any angle. I think we should feel free to do so. You are notoriously modest, Liz. Um, I just want to let listeners know Liz's short stories have been published in a dozen literary magazines and journalists and journals. She was a finalist in um, the Nimrod International Short Story Compet- Competition, and she holds an MA in English from the University of Virginia. Um, her professional life as a writer and teacher is extensive. She's done corporate, not profit, uh, freelance writing, and has taught English and writing at Virginia Commonwealth University. Her last teaching experience was a memoir writing class at the city jail. She lives in Richmond, Virginia. So I say this is a gutsy person, not just an extraordinary <laughs> person and an extraordinary writer, but a gutsy person who's not afraid, yeah, to look at some, you know, unseemly things right in the face and try to bring beauty to it. It's, I think it's a really um, lovely contrast. Um, and I think there's a lot to be gained by the perspective that Messenger has. She herself is very democratic. She, um, she basically is a bag lady, right, Liz? She's, she's got 15 overcoats and at least that many tote bags with her at any given time. She appears to live anywhere and nowhere. Um, it's all Alana can do to keep up with her on, you know, finding her from the park bench to the Starbucks to, um, you know, all, all around the neighborhood, the flower booth. And I really wanted to kind of ask you, is this something like a movement away from the idea of the chosen one being like this very, very special Tibetan child who's selected, you know, as the Dalai Lama is, you know, somebody that's so special and so precious and cared for, where Messenger is kind of this beat up old woman, and she's taken, you know, she's in the school from the school of hard knocks herself. Um, she is separated from her family, but she is the unlikeliest source of wisdom and compassion and joy and humor, which is throughout Messenger. I wondered if this was deliberate on your part to move away from these kind of ethereal beings into a more grounded being. Absolutely. Yes, Diane. I feel that part of Messenger's message is we all are messengers for each other. It's the collective. It's not the, um, you know, hierarchy of putting, you know, one person up so much higher than everyone else and then the rest of us don't have any meaning or purpose. Messenger, um, and messenger actually is trying to um, create a cleanament or a change, a swerve in sort of the way things are set up in um, the messenger world and that um, anyone, anyone, and they don't have to leave their families anymore, that anyone can, can she, she sees how that structure um, was limiting, um, mm-hmm. that she just sees that connection between everyone and that it's really all of us working together to move things forward that is going to create the swerve, the change that will change everything. And so um, Messenger is the most unlikely person to be, you know, dispensing wisdom. But yet, um, who better, really, um, 
someone who who is is um, on the ground, literally at the ground level of right. things, um, and and can go about pretty much anonymously until it's not. As, the, right. as we see as the novel progresses, um, you know, doing this work, doing this life-changing work. Yeah. And she's, um, she's aware of the fact that it's life-changing because many of the people who receive the messages, they're little grubby scraps of paper um, that say, um, don't give up now, or, you know, just that life-affirming thing, they they stay in touch with her. They let her know what's happened. And of course, there's a debt of gratitude that they they often feel. I also think that her unseemliness is a way of just saying to us, look, you know, when when you're averting your eyes, and when you're trying to not look at these people on the street, think again, you know, look again. And yeah. maybe you'll see something in their heart or in you know, find something in your heart that is a message for yourself um, during this during this season. And um, I, I do think that there's this idea of it can come from anyone. And she picks um, Alana, who is trying to just do a story and trying to get, you know, the answer to how does this woman know certain things? How does she perceive people's energies? How she was trying to, Alana is trying to nail it all down. Alana absolutely uh-huh. cannot trust her own intuition about anything. She herself is getting lots of warnings about what might happen to messenger if her identity is revealed, but she can't help herself and she can't listen to her own intuition. So it also seems like that's part of Alana's learning curve and part of your message with messenger, where do we start to try to get wisdom ourselves? Well, it sounds like we're, we're meant to tune in, right? We're meant to tune in to our intuition. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we can also, as we can be messengers for each other, we can be messengers for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that is, was sort of the text of several of the real-life messages from readers and listeners that we received. It wasn't from an outside force. It was from tuning into their own inner voice and their own inner messenger um, that the life-changing message was received. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Alana goes through quite a change um, throughout the course of the book. And everything that she thought she was doing by the end of the book, by the end of the podcast, um, has been actually turned really upside down Yeah, through her experience she, with Messenger. Right. Her worldview completely changes. This is a young, broke, almost broke uh, writer in New York City. Um, and she's, you know, she's at the tail of the whale, you know, hostessing to make ends meet. And she desperately just wants to publish this story. And it's like, oh, my goodness, why can't I get these answers? But of course, teasing it out and learning patience and learning to listen to yourself is all part of it. I just wanted to tell you, Liz, which, I mean, of course, um, you know, my my antenna's up, way up because of synchronicity and and messenger having this significance. So I get this, everybody knows I'm bonkers for, um, you know, reading my horoscope. So I get this, here's my horoscope. It was for December 14th, but I I think you'll get a kick out of it. And remember, this is a quote, and remember, you never know what form your teacher will take. 
This new moon reminds you that a low-key woman driving your lift to the airport might be a quantum physicist raising money for her tuition, or the guy mumbling to himself at the bus stop could be the messenger whose words are exactly what, what you were supposed to hear. Find your gurus both in and out of the temple or wherever it is you go looking. See the light of consciousness in every human. Better yet, be your own guru. That was from the Astro ah. Twins. Is that crazy? Goosebumps, right? I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Oh, it's, it's, yes. it's, it's right. It's messenger. It's um, real. It's, it's real. real. And I wondered what you thought then attracted messenger. It's part of this same, this same story, but, you know, What did um, attract Messenger to Alana, this young kind of hapless girl? She's just trying to make her way. Um, What do you think that connection was all about? Well, as we learn as the story goes along, Messenger had to give up her daughter in order to pursue her role as Messenger. And those were sort of the rules that were set up. Um, by the, quote, powers that be. Um, So, Alana has recently lost her mother. Her mother has died, so she's sort of old. So, Messenger is looking for her daughter or missing, or that's a a, um, gap in her life, and Alana um, is really very alone in the world. And so they, they really, um, I think, connect on that level as well. Um, Definitely. You know, Messenger is a teacher. Um, at one point towards the end, the character Ed, who is, also, is Alana's friend and um, very close to Messenger, says, well, Alana, Messenger was a mother to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Very maternal, but lots of other things as well. But I think maybe unconsciously and initially, that was the draw, that they were almost like magnets. Yeah, almost like complements of one another. You know, it's also... I, I felt I felt that, and by the way, Ed, the barista at Starbucks, he is putting hearts on the top of Alana's cappuccino, <laughs> so you know that something is going to happen, and that's that's something we want to talk to Liz Whitehurst about in terms of will there be future episodes? We have two minutes to the break, but can we entice listeners to keep um, keep listening to Messenger the podcast? Well, I hope that anyone who's not listened yet will, will because all 16 episodes are now, um, have now been, um, are now available on any um, podcast site, where, wherever you get your podcast. Um, that's a little, as far as a sequel to um, Messenger, it's a bit of a question mark. Um, when I finished the book, the, you know, the text of it, it was written... Um, hopefully, my intention was that it could go either way, that um, either the it could stand alone, this could be a single um, book, and the reader then could fill in the rest of the story um, with cool. his or her own imagination. But it could also be 
a sequel. And I do have some ideas about that. And I have been encouraged by people who would like to know more um, about Alana, Ed, and Messenger. Good. I'm rubbing my hands together in anticipation. You've, <laughs> you've created a, a, um, a community of um, Facebook messages of um, what um, pivotal messages people have received that changed their lives. And you can look at that on Facebook, Messenger the Novel. It's so interesting, this whole phenomenon. We're going to take a commercial break here. But when we come back, we're going to talk more w- with Liz Whitehurst about what a clinamine is and how we get one. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. She Writes Press is an independent publishing company founded for women writers everywhere. Together with sister company Spark Press, serving men and women, it is both mission-driven and community-oriented. The aim is to serve writers who wish to maintain greater ownership and control of their projects while getting the highest quality editorial help possible, traditional distribution, and an in-house marketing and publicity team. In 2019, She Writes Press was named Indie Publisher of the Year. You can find out more on SheWritesPress.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Liz Whitehurst, author of Messenger, a novel in 16 episodes, the coolest thing ever. This is a podcast that can be accessed by anyone, anywhere. And I think it's really the medium of the future. Yes, we all feel nostalgic about books. We love books. We don't want them to go anywhere. But at the same time, our lives are so much in flux. We are so much, it's so not just easy to listen to podcasts, but it's the resonance of the human voice. And it's listening to something that's quite accessible, even if you're traveling, even if you're in you're with your backpack, even if you're just walking. It's such a beautiful and democratic um, form, Liz. And I think it so much lends itself to this story um, where everyone can be a source of inspiration and maybe even salvation of themselves. Um, and I love that you you talked about breaking down those hierarchies um, and allowing people to access their own inner inspirations um, and their own inner 
stillness for that matter. Um, let's talk a little bit about one of the one of the um, sort of through lines in the book is also the idea that children um, and and a lot of this is like retrieving what we've lost as children that children need to move around and to touch. You talk about this to their education of, of um, you know, sitting at eight hours a day at a desk to, quote, learn. This is one of the things that Messenger objects to heartily. And she talks about, you know, the need to experience without the mitigation of uh, rational thought, but just to experience, to touch, to feel, to have physical presence, um, with nature, with the city, with, you know, actual people, goodness knows, now that kids are glued to computer screens. Um, let's talk about this and the role of wonder, the role of firsthand experience. How do you look at that? Because you've delivered quite a bit of this through Messenger. Well, I think that that's the beginning of waking up. Mm-hmm. I believe, and I believe particularly through the natural world. That's our portal. That's a very easy portal. Um, and speaking of children, they go there naturally. I have a very special two-year-old in my life, some friends, child, little daughter, and she will just stand and look. And I don't know exactly what she's looking at, or sometimes I do, but other times it's just I can see, I can feel the wonder in her in her whole body, um, and I think that when we can reconnect to that um, sense of what a wonderful world we are yes. in, um, particularly through nature, that's a very easy way that we we do wake up. And we are here now, um, and we are um, therefore open to whatever, you know, may come to us in a way that we just can't be when we're just in, you know, in our heads and not paying attention to anything. And I can't remember, you know, driving to the store. How did I get, you know, I've been so preoccupied or... um, I had a conversation with someone, and then later, well, what did we what did we speak about? Um, or did they look happy? Did they look sad? You know, just this sort of thing. So, just a childlike wonder um, is is such a gift. It is, and here we are at a certain time of year when wonder is actually part of the specialness of it. Part of part of us is just wondering when we're going to be able to get together again, and schmooze and hug and you know gather around the way we'd like to. But really, I mean, seriously, wonder—it's a big emotion when you feel it, when you sense that um, intangible—you know—that giving spirit that happens right now. It blots out. Anxiety. This is something we've mentioned before. Diane Ackerman's quote that wonder is such a big emotion, it blots out anxiety. And kids, you know, don't have that. And it's sort of like going back to a point where you, if you can try to remember, weren't when you weren't a nervous wreck about what you had to do and what was on your to-do list. And you could go out and look at a tree and just say, holy cow, this is just incredible, you know, in the cycles of life. Yeah. So 
I think that, you know, you bringing that back, Alana, you know, and in order to, in order to contact Messenger, she has to be outside all the time. She's not used to that. She's used to being cramped up over, you know, her laptop. So, you know, it's a whole new world for her. Um, And I think that, you know, that that's a very, it's also another very accessible, as you say, portal um, to, you know, that all of us can, that all of us can, you know, exercise if that's, if that's the right word. Um, I also came across this, this funny quote from Albert Einstein that somehow reminded me of Messenger. He said, I, I rarely think of in words at all. A thought comes and I may try to express it in words afterwards. Um, and I, I really thought that there was a lot of kind of instant knowledge that, messenger had all of an instant that she couldn't necessarily explain, but then she had to slow herself down to write it down or write it out on these messages. Does that somehow capture exactly. for you? Yeah. Is that what it was like for you then when you were doing this? Conceiving? It was a bit. Um, I think it's energy. I think that's right. what Einstein was speaking. You know, it's, it's energetic and it works so much faster than the mind, you know, mm-hmm. can. Um, and so, um, yes, definitely. Um, I would have experiences where I would, would write some things that, you know, messenger was saying or thinking. And then later on, just really wonder where did that come from? <laughs> yep. um, so, I, I do, and I think that's also um, an element of the creative process. That when you do go um, to that place of wonder, um, that letting go, that um, that place of flow, however you know you might describe it, that um, you are connected to something greater than yourself, um, and uh, you are, you know, things can flow in through you that. Mm-hmm you know, did not come directly from you sitting down and thinking it up. I think that, I think that now we also um, connect to one another a great deal because of COVID-19 that we are now so much more um, sympathetic or empathetic to others' plights in terms of isolation. You know, the, the, the whole small act of kindness, you know, it, it takes on whole new dimensions at this point. Um, in terms of our relationship with others. And I, I really wondered, um, you know, if part of your thought process with the book, too, was this message of you're not alone. Absolutely. And that was my sense of timing for this. Um, Messenger was um, making the rounds with publishers to be a traditional book um, just right before covid um, happened this, you know, past March time. And um, so my thought was this, I really think Messenger's time is now. Um, Just to just hope that, I mean, even if it's just a diversion for people, but hopefully it is a comfort, it would provide comfort, it would provide motivation, it would provide inspiration. and it's just a different sort of story um, that I that it might be of some service. Mm-hmm. So it definitely um, all was was part of this 
um, evolution of Messenger as a podcast. And I think that there's there's so much power in that, just in saying, you know, the traditional gatekeepers, you know, they can stand aside. There's another way. There's another way to access people. And when you are receiving um, posts from people on Facebook, like what kind of, you know, what, how many people have written to you with their messages of life-changing messages? Well, we've had quite a few. Um, we have been able to do two um, bonus episodes, which mm-hmm. um, you know you will you will you can access on the same um, the podcast on the podcast site. And I, I think we have, for each of those we have about um, eight or nine, you know, each that we have um, included. But we've received many more, and I continue to receive them from people or for people to tell me. And the other thing people tell me is, I am looking for mine. Um, yes. I'm looking, I'm listening, I'm observing, um, I'm paying attention. Right. So that is very exciting for me that, you oh, know, t- it would spark totally. that reaction. Well, you're part of a swerve too. So let's go back to the Klinemann, um definition. Let's just hear firsthand from you how you interpret that as part of a swerve. Well, I this is, again, Diane, is a little bit of a mystery to me. I am, as you said earlier, um, an English mate. A new tree um, is basically um, a swerve in um, under, an understanding of a poem. And um, therefore, something new is created. Um, so it's sort of a new arising, put it that way. Um, and it's been very interesting to me to learn this. Um, apparently, there is a book out, you know, that's been out and a very well-received one called The Swerve that also talks about Klinemann. And I had no idea. I have not read that book. I think it's an economics book. But it just goes to show another synchronicity. But um, Messenger likes that word because she is sensing that the bigger picture of what her messages do is bringing forth a change. And she never really describes what it is because she doesn't know. But she just, she feels it, she senses it. She feels that everything is about to change and that we are on the brink of it. And we just need that little extra energy to kind of push us over over the edge to um, this new arising, this new consciousness, this new reality. And mm-hmm. so um, the, the, the word Klinemann just allows her to have a word for it. Um, mm-hmm. And she gets very excited about it. In the right. in the novel, um, and um, it still remains a mystery at the end of the book exactly what, but it's very clear that it's important that each each small the smallest act of kindness matters. Um, it's all of these little acts that add up to creating the Klinemann. 
And I think that that also gives agency to each individual to start working on the clinamin themselves, which is great. You know, I, yeah. I really feel as though, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, you know, this afternoon I, I was parking, I was pulling out of a parking space and I took the ticket of the remaining time um, and I handed it to the person in the car who was going to take my space. And she just looked at me like, you know, Thank you so much. It was just like there yeah. was an hour left. But, you know, you feel like I'm doing something vis-a-vis the messenger. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. This is good. We can all, we can all contribute to, um, to our swerve. And lots of things have this past year pushed us, right? That yeah. little push right over so that we got Black Lives Matter, so that we got movements, so that we got, we started taking back some of our power, I believe. I think this has really just been such a heartwarming conversation. We have just about three minutes to close. Is there any other message or holiday takeaway you'd like to give us, Liz, in just, you know, a quick nanosecond? Well, just continuing on with our discussion of the Klinemann, um, I think we all feel very... We, we all feel things so strongly now because of all that everyone is going through. We feel that pain body that mm-hmm. um, engulfing our planet. And I think we often feel like we have to do something big to make a change. But as, as Messenger shows us, it's just you handing um, the next person the ticket. Um, it's just all the opportunities, just as we have opportunities to receive messages, we also have opportunities to um, affect change yes. um, and to create um, to create the, the climate. So it take, it's going to take all of us, not just a savior or, you know, as we talked about earlier, someone on top who's going to know all the answers and we just follow along. Um, we're yeah. all in this together, and we all have a role to play, and each we role do. is very important. That's true, and we all can become messengers. And if you want to start to spark this in yourself, I recommend reading Messenger, a novel, or listening to it as a podcast. It's a joy, and it's been a joy to be with you, Liz Whitehurst. We're going to close now in this wonderful time of people in, you know, getting into the spirit of giving. Thanks so much to our engineers, Aaron Keller, our executive producer, Robert Cialino, and most of all, to you, our listeners. Listeners, until next week and in the new year, thank you for dropping in and become a messenger. Thank you so much for dropping in. Please join Diane Dewey again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you then.